I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This is your host, Amrit Sandhu. And today, I have the immense pleasure from welcoming, from London at the moment, Skip Kelly. Welcome, Skip. What is up, Amrit? I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Absolute treat to have you here. So I'm just going to fly through your bio here. And uh, so, Skip Kelly, at 18 years old, while playing, Skip, uh, while playing soccer, Skip severely injured his lower back to the point where he had to slide himself down walls to tie his shoes. After three years of exhaustive therapy, he discovered a neuroscience-based physical therapy practice that finally brought him back to robust levels of conditioning. With his newly found vitality, he began seeing clients who had similar issues, beginning with physical and then expanding into combined nutritional and immune challenges as well. Eventually, he sought out clients who had been told that, hey, there was never going to be any hope for you, and he worked tirelessly to help them change their futures. After seven years in the corporate world of health, he began a small concierge health business, working exclusively with CEO-level clientele and professional athletes, people who were willing to literally do anything necessary to maximize their health. In addition, Skip was brought in as an independent promoter to help start and grow an exogenous ketone supplement company, which is now wildly successful across the US, Australia, Canada, and it's taken on new countries every year. For 2017, he's been traveling the world as a freelance business advisor, a filmmaker, and a speaker working in a variety of biomedical, hard science, and personal development companies in an attempt to inspire the world forward into greater happiness and even greater abundance. Wow, brother. Such a treat to have you here. (laughs) That sounds way, way over the top and crazy when you hear it out loud. Yeah, but it's a, you know it's a, it's an amazing reflection to have that. You're not the first person to say that, but you know sometimes um, we need it written down to be able to really resonate and and go wow. You know, like I'm actually doing something. I think sometimes we can be our own harshest critics, and you know sometimes it's nice to to feel into that and get that reflected back at you. Yeah, it's been an intense year. <laughs> 
Tell us about your year. You've been traveling around a lot, with, uh, especially with your filmmaking stuff. I've, well, that's what I've been tuned into. You've made some really amazing films. Um, you know, our connection is obviously through Mind Valley, uh, which is an ama- like, amazing, amazing, amazing company. And hats off to Vishen and the team there. Um, what's, you know, tell us a little bit about your 2017. What's been going on, brother? So it was really interesting. I was looking through, and I'm sure we all do this at some point or another. You know when you're like looking through your Facebook, and especially when you're internationally traveling, you can get kind of like homesick. So I was looking through the profile pictures and like the different photos I had posted up over time, the mobile uploads album. And I was just like, dang, dude, what did I do before 2017? Because when you look through the pictures since May of this year, it like stuff happened, but not craziness, not like stuff that I would like run around the streets and scream and be proud of, I would say, until May of this year. <laughs> and it was a choice for me. It was either go to the Global Solutions Program with Singularity University for three months or go to Mind Valley U in Barcelona. And for me, um, as with the description, it's always that choice for me between hard science and personal development. And I think there's a really careful balance that, um, I shouldn't say balance, harmony, a really careful harmony we need to cultivate between those two worlds because obviously as technology gets crazier, we need to have more and more cultural development and uh, patience, caring, world connection. And that's what Mind Valley is all about, right? I mean, in their office alone, I think they have now 47 different countries represented with people that work for the company. And that's incredible, right? Because when you, I had never left America before May this year. I find that so hard to believe. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I had never left, and now uh, I'm. This is country 18 right now since May. Since May, and I'm not Slow slumming it either. <laughs> I'm not. I'm staying in hostels. I think I stayed one night in a hostel in Zurich. Um, but aside from that, it's been really nice places, and then a couple times with friends. Like, I actually stayed at Vision's house um, for, like, eight days in Estonia, so that was really cool. Um, but, man, there's a lot of crazy stories that kind of go into this. And I think, for me, in, in like, a message and something that's really important, um, I'm writing a book right now. I'm not sure if I actually listed that, but it's called The Most Beautiful Question. At least that's the working title. And it talks about a bunch of different concepts, which are all coming out on video. These little, like, short, entertaining videos about life philosophies, I guess, that I've found since um, working with these CEOs and pro athletes and the high, high performers of the world and figuring out what makes them habitually unique. Because I'll tell you, they're just like the rest of us. They have no clue what they're doing. Even the billionaires think they could lose it all tomorrow. But they do have some habits that are really different. And one of them is this concept that I call two seconds of courage. And it's the difference between, um, I, don't, I don't know how much your viewers or your listeners know about you and Kay, but like when you first met her, it's the difference between reaching out and telling her like, wow, I feel insanely connected to you, like right away, and not talking to her at all. Right? And it, it literally, it only takes oh, two sorry. seconds to put it out there or with vision. I was like, hey, Vision, I don't know if you saw the nine-minute video they released. Uh, if, if anyone goes to Mind Valley's Facebook or YouTube, um, there was a nine-minute video that I put out that was just released by them. And I told a story right in the beginning where I'm like, I literally just went up to Vision and was like, hey, if you really liked all the Barcelona stuff I made with Mind Valley, why don't you fly me out to Estonia? I'll make a quick video about it. 
And literally, two seconds, he was like, sure. And that was the whole conversation. And then a month later, I was in Estonia with him and his family and made that video. And it literally just like threw it out there, right? And that's what's been happening since May. It was just these two seconds of courage repeated for every situation. And every time it, it turns positive, you get more and more confidence to try it again and again and again. And then before you know it, you're just doing all the stuff you've always wanted to do and you look through your Facebook photos and it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> so the two seconds of courage occurs immediately after you have the thought. Yep. Yeah, because it could be immediately after the thought. It could be six months after. Whenever you finally make the decision to take an action, right, then it takes two seconds to, like, get it out into the world, and then someone can say yes or no. And that's the biggest thing, yeah, because I've realized that if you don't ask the question, you, you, you know, a lot. I think a lot of us are just stuck in a space where it's like if, should, can, will, maybe, but if you're just going to... Just ask the question. A lot there's a lot of resistance oftentimes in just you know you play out a scenario in your head, which is basically fear-based programming, isn't it? Yep. If you just let that go and just go, I'm just gonna put myself out there. What's the worst? I get rejected. Cool. At least I know that I got rejected and I can go pursue something alternative, right? And you know, one of the other seven traits of these crazy people is I call it unstoppability. And what that means is, like, I have friends that. Even today, like maybe in my head, I, I realize and I step away from being judgmental, but I, I can be judgmental in my head where I'm like, wow, like they are not very good at whatever it is that they're trying to do, you know? But, okay, so for instance, I was just in Amsterdam with a guy named Boomer Anderson that I met at the Global Summit for Singularity University, which if people don't know what Singularity University is, they target, they're amazing. It's the number one community I want to be tapped into for the rest of my life, unless something better happens. And they target the 12 global grand challenges of the world, essentially things that could wipe out humanity. So this is stuff like waste, which is one we really don't have under control. So if anyone here has any ideas on how to deal with e-waste in particular, we need a lot of help. Um, Another one is space, right? An asteroid could just come and literally it could crash the moon. And if the moon were to move like 30% closer to Earth, it would flood half our planet and kill a bunch of us. So they're targeting all these things that could wipe out humanity, making life multiplanetary, being, you know, maybe one of the safer bets. And that's what Elon's all about and uh, Branson, all these guys trying to get us off Earth. But... Um, I met this guy at Singularity, his name's Boomer Anderson, and he started a company called Nomad RX. And long story short, the company didn't work out, there was legal issues with CrossFit that he was trying to deal with, and it just bombed. And then he went away for three months, I didn't hear from him, and then he calls me up and he's like, dude, I'm starting another company on genetics. And I was rooting for him on the Nomad RX, I was trying to help him out with that. And then when that fell through, and then he started another company, now I'm 200% more likely to help him because the guy just doesn't stop. Like, he started a whole nother company instead of trying to get a normal job. And what that shows me is you bet on the jockey, not the horse, right? Like, I'll bet on Boomer, not the concepts he's trying to make work. The fact that he, like, just had this horrible defeat and is trying again, I'm like, oh, okay, this guy is for real. Like... Someday, you, you never know that 18-year-old that pitched you on something that sounded silly at the time could be Steve Jobs. And it's just totally. important. And how much does that resilience in an individual speak about them, you know? Yeah, that's... 
to number one. Like, uh, I'm really curious. You told me that when you went to start the podcast, you reached out to someone from London Real to mentor you. Brian so that, Rose from London Real. Tell me about that. That took two seconds of courage, right? Like, who who asks that if you've never done a podcast already? Usually people would be like, oh, I'm going to do 50 episodes and then reach out. It was just a matter of me not having the opportunity to do what I wanted to do. Um, and I got a lot of feedback and a lot of information from my, my close community around here in Melbourne um, to, to take on a venture like a podcast. And for me, it wasn't... It, it wasn't something that I was I was racing out the gates to do, you know. I think there was that two seconds of courage was probably lacking. Um, and then there was a moment where you know when when you're online and it's it, it just hits you like a like a clear moment. It's like, okay, I live. It's 2017. Everybody is just an email away, you know. And it was as simple as that. And just boom, you know, you put yourself out there and. You just wait and see what happens. And that's why I totally resonated with what you said at the beginning. You know, it's just like that matter of should, would, can't, if, maybe. You just let that go and just just, just ask. And worst thing that happens is like, no, you know, and it's, it's fine. If, you, if, that, if that didn't work out and you weren't going to be my mentor, we can go ask somewhere else, right? Um, at least, I've, at least I've, I can cross that off my list. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of how that, that two seconds of courage showed up over here. <laughs> Wow. So what did you do? Did you shoot him an email? Did you give him a phone call? How did you get his email? How did you... Because he's huge. Yep. So London Real is very accessible. Very, very accessible. They're all online. Um, they, they, um, they run other courses um, like uh, a business accelerator course or life accelerator course. So, that, that, so they are trying to educate people. Um, and so it's just a matter of, yeah, just getting in touch with them to get, to get educated on building a podcast. And uh, now this, this podcast stands here now. Um, but then there's, you know, there's even other opportunities like, um, like Mind Valley U, um, offering, you know, people to become Mind Valley masters. You know, and it's like, is this something you really want to do? And again, you know, you've got to take that opportunity and be like, let's go do this. Um, there's so much resistance that shows up, like, like, you know, that I'm aware of because it's, it's not just me. And this is something that I've been tuning into recently as well. Is just the whole idea of. Um, what, what courage really is, you know, I just spent a weekend in, uh, for my birthday, actually, my partner Kay, she bought us tickets to go see Tony Robbins, um, and, you know, the, the big thing that came out, like, one of the big things that came out, um, of it was, you know, courage is, courage is not not having fear, courage is totally having fear, you know, courage is having that fear and doing it anyway. Dude, so that, I'll that's, tell that's you, that's what real courage looks like. Every, every single time I get a new project, um, even when I was doing the physical therapy stuff, which I'm just super, super, um, confident cause I've dealt with the craziest things. But even when someone has an ankle sprain, I'm scared. Like no matter what, like I flew to France a week and a half ago to go climbing in the mountains to rappel down cliff sides and film the whole thing. And they, they want me to tell the story of a project like this and what a workshop like Exponential, which is what it was called, is an executive workshop for four days and it's a year-long coaching program. I'm supposed to tell this story and do all this crazy adventure stuff, um, flying in helicopters, filming in blizzards, like insanity. Um, I was terrified. I was like, how am I going to be able to do this? But the difference is when you know these seven principles that I'm putting out there and when you've heard enough podcasts and listened to enough stories, you just realize like, 
it doesn't matter. Like, just be unstoppable. Like, always find a way. And that's the important part, right? So if the London Real guy, if you email them and he didn't say anything, then you tweet him. And if he doesn't say anything, then you Instagram him. And if he doesn't say anything, and you just, you know, if you're in it for the right reasons, and it's something that you're really wanting to do, you will not stop. Nothing will stop you. And I think if you're having issues being unstoppable, you should maybe look at what you're going after and change that. I think that's really powerful because I think a lot of times the only reason we're not resilient towards what we want is because we don't want it hard enough, right? And there's probably a reason why that's not showing up. Um, I've got this theory, which I think you'll appreciate, is that um, for me, health and purpose are actually one and the same. Um, and I use the metaphor of the fact that, you know, like Beyonce, you know, three days, no sleep, no food, keeps dancing to shoot videos. Yeah, but if I, if I handed her a shovel and said, go dig three holes for me, she'd be done in about 30 minutes and she'd be leaving the, leaving the studio quick, fast, right? And that's because she health arrives, energy arrives from the universe because she's, she's raring to go. She's doing what she's meant to be doing. I so same, couldn't agree that more. Same vein, when you're, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Really? So I'm curious. I feel like it would be really beneficial to hear the story of when you realized that. Like what happened to you where you just kept going, kept going, and maybe even ran into a health issue because of it. But what's something that like you were so freaking intense about that you just like ran through tiredness and ran through bad moods? Oh, that's a good question. Um, for me personally, I think the journey started with where I really struggled with depression. Um, and I struggled through that for about five to seven years. And then as I moved through that, um, I it, it invariably opened up this whole can, not can of worms, but this, this journey on health. And I kept exploring health, exploring health intrinsically more and more like, you know, I went from being, you know, like eating meat or like I went from you know, nine years of pumping iron in the gym, getting really big, you know, doing all the, the fitness magazine things, heaps of whey protein to, to shifting into becoming a vegetarian, actually looking for health rather than fitness. For me, fitness is about fitting and fitting into an image, which media and society projects onto you rather than actual intrinsic health. And then once I started going into health, I started looking into like all these different modalities of like ancient wisdom, you know, like. 2,000 years of like Ayurveda or Taoist medicines where, you know, people look into health from like a really, and in those medicines, you know, they look at, they, like, let's say Ayurveda, which I chose because I'm Indian, so that background was sort of like, I'll just go with this. Um, and they, they come up with your dosha, what's your body type, right? And so for me, it was earth. Um, there's earth, there's fire, and there's water slash wind. So three, three doshas. And when I found out I was Earth, it's a massive reflection on your personality. It's not just a matter of what you should be eating and how you should be moving, but it's a massive reflection on your personality. The fact that you're always grounded, but you're the one that, that you know people can depend on, but you're not necessarily the one to like go out and have lofty thoughts and dreams like this. Do you know what I mean? It's not saying that you don't have that. It's just what is your predominant archetype. And so as you start fe feeling into that, it becomes quite clear um, but the, I guess the seed already was there to articulate this thing of health and purpose. And I think that would have arrived in meditation somewhere. But then just, you know, the practice of life and coming to, into more of these modalities with my own health has just taught me that, you know, this is a message that I'm really, really passionate to spread. Um, and this is why this podcast is all about purpose, um, because my greatest struggle was obviously mental health way back when and health and purpose for me are intertwined. So I'm trying to help people come back onto purpose. Um, and 
Yeah, so that, that, that direction of bringing people onto purpose um, is, is interesting because people are, you know, I know you're interested in, in where the future's headed, and I've read recently that by 2050, you know, 65% of, um, of all, all careers and all jobs are going to basically be automated. Um, there's going to be a robot or some sort of mechanic, like some sort of mechanical counterpart to doing the work that we intend that are currently being done by humans. Um, and so that's kind of another reason why I really think it's important for the health of not just myself and the people that I'm connected to and listen to this podcast, but also the health of the planet for people to really find their purpose and find meaning in life beyond their nine to five grind um, that is being working for someone that um, is just helping them pay their bills rather than helping them I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dude, we just opened up a can of worms that I'm so excited about. <laughs> um, that okay. might have been intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I, I know, you, you read my thing, so you know where to scratch the itch. But, um... I'm like, I'm like literally, I'm listening to you and then I'm writing notes on my hand with a pen so that I don't forget some of these things because I want to be really conscious about what you're saying in the moment. So I, I take these notes so I can go back and be like, oh yeah, that's what he talked about. Because um, you just hit so many, so many <laughs> amazing it. things. Like I'm really excited for people. I, I hope all your podcasts are like this. This is great. I think <clears throat> there's a couple things, right? I don't believe in advice. That's also one of those seven principles. Um... This was a tough one, right? Because you want to call your friends, you want to call your parents, and you want to ask them, like, what to do. And in reality, when we look at that, we, as you get older, and hopefully you don't actually do what they tell you to do, but you might take it in under our, in consideration. But no one really knows what you've done, right? No one has, like, sat there next to you your entire life and knows how you think. And, you know, like, let's say you're the earth type and I'm the fire type. Like, you shouldn't take my advice because we're going to do it in totally different ways, right? So what I do believe in is stories. So we can, like, I can tell you about these seven principles conceptually, but unless you hear stories about how each of these things are learned and then you start to connect all the other stories you've learned to these seven principles you start to be like oh everyone really does use these and this is how i use these seven principles or don't use them right so the first big one was this concept of purpose so when i was 18 um after my soccer actually kind of in the middle of that i went to this this leadership camp for youth where they took um, we were down in the south of Texas, like you could see the Mexican border, right? 
and I was a camp coach for like 600 kids. It was like high school kids. I'm not even kidding. Like we're talking MS-13, super underprivileged youth. If you guys don't know what MS-13 is, it's like tattoos, like to get into the gang, you have to kill somebody, like really crazy stuff. And these kids would come in at the beginning of the week and just like no one would talk to anyone. There might be fights. And at the end of the week, they're like crying and hugging and in tears. And that was the effect wow. that this like four to six day camp would have. And I, I was, I went there to be a coach. I paid to be there. And this guy named Eric Bostic was leading it. And he was the speaker that had come in and done like leadership training in my school in Texas, which was also, um, there was like a 50 on 50 gang fight in my first week ever going to this high school when I was in Texas. So it was also not a good school, but much better than these MS-13 like South border schools, right? And I had, I was so moved when I worked with Eric in that leadership camp that I decided to take his like more advanced camp and coach all these other people. And Eric called me like two days after this camp because I was just so intense and invested in the kids and stuff. And he was like, Hey, how'd you like camp? And I was sitting there and I'm like, man, this guy calls everyone that went to camp and like congratulates them and thanks them. That's amazing. Turns out that's not what was happening. 20 minutes into the conversation, he's like, hey, can you come to camp next week? And I was like, like, absolutely, I would love to. And he's like, I will pay you to come to camp. And I'm like, oh, okay. I went to that camp. It was amazing, transformative for middle school kids. He calls me after that, and he's like, hey, I want you to travel with me. And I was like, what do you, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I literally just want you to be at my events. And I'm like, okay, like, what, what, what's my job? And he's like, no, literally, I just love your energy and I want you to be there in the crowd and help people. And I was like, you're going to pay me to be there? Like, I'm, I'm totally in, right? And <laughs> I'm totally in. I just have to be. Yeah, that's was, the whole, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely transformative, right? From, especially as an 18-year-old, like a confidence experience. But, um... It was, it was fascinating. I'm, so anyways, the moral of this story, we could talk about this for a while, but the moral of this story is that we always talked about purpose and your, your biggest fears in life, right? And I was so frustrated when people would talk about purpose because I'm like, I, like, the same way I don't believe in advice, like I don't necessarily believe in like a predetermined purpose, but I do think that you establish purpose in something. And um, I've done, okay, so I worked for a motivational speaker, I was a professional musician in a symphony. I was a rock climbing instructor. I was a personal trainer. I was a physical therapist, um, sort of. That's a long story. I have obviously been a nutritionist. I did a concierge health company where I organized health stuff for billionaires and professional athletes and the US Olympic team, Taiwan Olympic team. I am now on a media company and do films. And in every single one of these, people have always been like, man, you're so lucky you found your passion. I'm like, dude, it is not about what you're doing. It's about how you're doing it. Wow. Powerful message. Powerful so it was a really... It's not about what you're doing. It's about how you're doing it. So you take it with you everywhere you go. And I think that was a really important thing for me because I always got frustrated and down when people would be like, oh, like I think I found my, my passion in life. It's coding, right? And I'm like... Jesus, it's one thing. Like, I feel awful. Like, I got like seven things. I'm so distracted, right? 
And then what you realize is you can take two years, three years, 10 years to do one thing, and then you can do another thing. Like I'm, I'm curious, like you're doing a podcast now, but what all have you done up in your life to this point to make podcasting amazing for you and to the point where you can work with people like the London Real and, you know, things like that to be a Mind Valley master? Well, this, like, this is, yeah, so this is the question I was just about to ask you, actually, and this touches on, touches on it really well, is so all these things that you've been doing, like what's the, what's the thread that goes through it? Because I, I, for me, I've recently gotten really clear on what my values are. And that's been this guiding guiding force, which is uh, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's been this guiding power. So for me, I realized that for me, I really enjoy connecting. Um, and that came in the fall this year. I started basically a like a philosophy spirituality mastermind here in Melbourne, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. Like you know, it was it was it, yeah, it was my creation, but at the same time, it, it's a co-creation because if nobody comes, then it's not happening, right? And just learning how much connection meant to me, just learning how much connection meant to me and flexing that and then doing it every fortnight and people coming and, you know, it really clear that why, why do I really enjoy this, you know? And obviously being an introspective kind of guy at times and meditating a lot, it was like, aha, uh-huh, I really enjoy connection. I'm an extrovert and connection for me just lights me up like a Christmas tree that's spitting out fireworks, right? And so after that, it was like, right, when the podcast sort of was raised and the idea was was put my way it was like okay i get to connect right sure perfect so the, one of the driving values of this podcast is connection the other one is wisdom and the other one's love and purpose yeah so it connection is it gives me the opportunity to connect with like yourself you know you're someone that obviously there's great resonance here i love this conversation that we're already having and i'm super grateful for the podcast that it facilitates that so it helped me really get i had to get really clear on my values and that sort of drove me so my question to you is is that kind of a similar vein in like what's the thread that's going through like obviously we can have different purposes and many different things along that journey of the purpose um but is there a common thread that links them all together and do you have any advice for that Yes. Uh, so again, I don't believe in advice. I'm going to tell a story and then I'll drop some, some nuggets. Yeah, sorry, no, apologies. Have no, I no, no, it's perfect. So, I mean, this is all about, this is about all you people listening, right? And so when I was 19, Eric and I had worked together a bunch and he sat me down. He was like, Skip, um, and this is that speaker I was talking about. And he said, I want to hire you full time to be like my apprentice. I'm going to have you come up on stage. You're going to start running some of these different workshops and camps. You're going to start speaking all the time. We're going to like, we're going to do this together. Right. And I said, no. Yeah, I know. Even to this day, I'm like, wow. I I don't. Wow. Because, (laughs) and and here's the reason. And so I told him, I, I only had to think about it for five seconds and this came to me and I was like, Eric, um, clearly like having done two camps with you and then you wanted to hire me and how intensely passionate I am about working with him and helping and doing everything that he did. Like when I was 18 and worked with Eric, I, I realized like, this is what I want to do forever. I want to do what, what Eric is doing. But uh-huh. if I, if I said yes, I would be telling Eric's stories Right. I was 19 and had like a great life up until that point. I hadn't done all the crazy stuff. He had all these amazing stories about 
failure and success and uh, love and heartbreak and all these things. And I was like, man, I just don't have any of that. And I don't, I don't want to sit up there and try to tell your stories in a way that's going to impact people because it's, it's not my story, right? Like I can't really share it the way you can. And I was like, Eric, I want to do this, but I need to go do crazy shit and I need to go fail. Can I curse? (laughs) Yeah, you can curse all you want. (laughs) Sorry for anyone that's sensitive to that. Anyways. So I was like, yeah, Eric, I want to do this. I want to stay in touch, but I have to go get my own stories. And that's why I did all of those crazy things. So the thread carrying it is that I needed to experience absolute insanity so that I could come back to that someday. And then um, I think if we do a second podcast, I will deep dive into something really crazy that um, is about Singularity University and how I got in there with this like recurring dream. Um, and I almost flunked out of high school. I was like number 400 out of 1,000 um, in, my, in my high school. And I ended up doing the valedictorian speech, even though I almost failed high school. It's kind of a long story too. Really epic one though. And again, that's just about if you know what is important in whatever you're doing, so if it's giving a speech or doing a podcast, the important part right now is that anyone listening to this can hear these stories and hopefully relate pieces to their life and then use that as their own advice, right? Instead of us saying, like, here's the seven traits of unstoppable people and billionaires, be like, here's seven stories about how we both learned that and maybe some of those apply to you guys and you can start recognizing it in your own life and then amp up the areas that you aren't amped in yet. Like two seconds of courage. Totally, and I think that's what the I think that's what the healthiest thing about um, what I've picked into the idea behind no advice and only stories was that, um, like you said before, say if someone's the earth type, someone's the fire type, you know, um, in a story, the story is the same, but like you can take exactly what you need and what you want from it at any given time, and which is you know time memorial, you know, like different stories, like the indigenous culture here in in Australia, they they've told all the wisdom is passed down through stories and song, right? And it's amazing because the diff- the same story can mean so much something totally different to you, you know, down the track because your experience has changed and there's so much art in that, you know, and it's, it's yeah, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. I really love it, brother. I really love it. Um, I, I do, like... There was, you know, there was a point where I was meant to ask you what you're doing all this year and like how you managed to make all that happen, but that seems a bit surface level stuff because I do really want to ask you about this second podcast and this recurring dream, man, and Singularity University. Let's go straight into it because, and I'll, I'll give you a bit of space to work with it because uh, just feeling into the energy of that right now, um, I'll tell you, like the Mind Valley Master thing didn't just happen for me and Kay um, off the back of nothing. Right, and I share this to you um, in complete confidence on this podcast. <laughs> um, is basically for a while, you know, I am um, uh, working here in Melbourne as a structural engineer and also working on my PhD. Um, there's a lot of resistance to me realizing that, you know, engineering. I, I enjoy it because um, it gives me an opportunity to explore space. So I really enjoy inner and outer space. That's a different story, but it wasn't facilitating my driving need for connection. You know, I got really clear on it was about connection for me. 
and connecting with people to empower people, you know, bring them on health, bring them on purpose, which is something that Mind Valley does exceptionally well, almost better than most anyone else that I really know, right? And so for me, I couldn't really visualize what, you know, let's say what the future looked like, you know, and they say if you can see it, you can have it. So in my morning meditations, I would creatively visualize, I would go through this whole process and there would be a step of creatively visualizing my future. And while I'm sitting there and creatively visualizing my future, there are days when I was clearer, I'm traveling, I'm on a stage or you know, I'm connecting with people and however it's happening, you know, masterminds, um, however that connection is being facilitated. There are days where it was foggier and the days it was foggier, I would visualize Vishen. And for me, he embodies the work that I want to contribute to the planet, which is so healthy to have that, you know? It's just real, and I'm like supremely grateful, you know? Um, I know that his way of doing things is completely different to mine. I've got a super, uh, two like really interesting things. Number one, you know Mindvalley is starting a podcast. Yes, I do. And you know that I'm helping them get that going. No, I didn't know that bit. <laughs> and they're also doing a weekly show, so I don't know what your schedule is like, but if you could make it to Malaysia when I'm in Malaysia, maybe we could make something happen. I mean, not maybe, we definitely could make something happen there because, well, you know, I could, I could pull some strings and we could up-level this thing really quickly, especially with, uh, <laughs> with your guidance because they haven't done a podcast before. Um, I and then the strings are already moving. Yeah. And then number two, and this is something where, like, I literally I had to stop you because I need people to understand, like, they're probably getting excited listening to you talk about all of this because of how excited you are. And that reminded me about one of my other notes on my hand. And that's when it comes to purpose and finding your passion, quote unquote, and I, I hope no one's tuning into the podcast right now and they listened to the prior portion. If you haven't, you should listen to that. But the most important thing about passion and purpose, if you want to inspire people, which I know a lot of people listening to a podcast like this do, I know you do, I know I want to inspire people, the number one way you can do that is to be inspired yourself. So what I've realized this oh. year that's huge is that if you want to change anyone, they don't need your advice. They don't need your feedback. They need you to live an epic life and that will give them permission and give them examples of how they can live an epic life. Because I can tell you what, before this year, every industry I was in, you know, I was like, you know, look at the top people in this industry. Like, I don't want to be like them. And I would switch industries. And then I'm like, uh, I don't want to be like the top people in that industry. I don't want to be like the top people in that industry. Well, you know what? You just have to make it. Sometimes you can't copy other people. Sometimes you just have to make it. So I started asking the question, what would an absolutely epic, fantastic, ridiculously cool life look like for me? And how could I make that happen? And I just started working on that January 1st this year, which has resulted in all of this epic craziness that's happening now. And for the last three years, I mean, really since working with Eric for the last decade, I've been trying to inspire people in my own way. And I've just failed, right? I mean, maybe some people it's worked, but I just, I wasn't getting like that response until I started living a super epic life. And now I get random people from all over the world that are like, dude, I love what you're doing. That's awesome. And I'm not even trying to reach out to them. 
I'm just doing my thing. So it's important to know, like, like you said, you got your values clear and then just like live it, man. You don't have to do anything, but just be, be like you and live whatever your dreams are. Be selfish about it because being selfish is being selfless when you're doing it the right way. I mean, don't steal from people. Don't do crimes, you know, don't hide money under the, under the rafters type of thing, but live an epic life and you'll inspire everyone you know. There's a, there's a mantra that um, I think you'll appreciate that I run with most of the time at the moment, which is uh, a warrior never lets a warrior lack inspiration. <laughs> that's a boom. And it guides me through absolutely everything, and that's the that's the inspired evolution, you know. It's, it's and that that's been the way that's carried me this far, and it totally resonates with everything you're saying, brother. And I really appreciate how succinctly and how clearly, and um, you touched on really important points through that. So I'm really grateful. And um, yeah, so just to quickly just to quickly dive back into the thread was the story was yeah I'm. Uh, I've been creatively visualizing and meditating on, you know, what it is that I want to contribute to the planet, what I want my service to look like, and when I can't see myself delivering it, I'm grateful that Vishen's in a place doing what I want to do and contribute to the planet, and just holding that awareness and tuning into that frequency that someone's doing it, it will be available to me because it has been done. I'm grateful that that is available. I know it's going to be my own way of doing it because we're two very different people, uh, but I'm grateful that that space and that energy exists and that opportunity exists. And then, so basically, it got to a point where... Um, I pretty much had enough of my job and enough of my uh, enough of my studies. And winter in Melbourne, just the energy of it was very tough. And I I booked a skydive. I booked a film crew, and I was ready to jump out of a plane and go. Right, this is me jumping into my fear of heights and then landing on the ground and then going boom. I just smashed my fear of heights, and I've also taken like smashing my fear of approaching you, Vishen. You. I need you to be my mentor. Let's go do this because I'm wasting my time here not doing what I'm meant to be doing, right? Literally, literally, as I plan this, yeah, I'm about to spend five grand on this whole stunted video job application thing. Two weeks after, hey, you don't have to come work in Malaysia because you love Melbourne. Do you want to be the Mind Valley Master of Melbourne, Amrit? And it was like... <laughs> How universe, like, is this really, you know, and like, it's just been surreal, man. And you talk about 2017 and just, you know, doing things that you're meant to be doing and how that just flows and, you know, you just got to ask for it. And sometimes I think just out of that story, it's not even just asking for the people. Sometimes it's asking from yourself, you know, like really going in there and just like being able to see what it is that you want. Um, and like giving yourself permission to be like, yeah, you know, like this is really what I want to contribute and I am good enough or I am the person that I want to be that does this, you know, I want to contribute um, people becoming more healthy and people becoming more on purpose and why not, you know, if not me, then someone else, but sure, we can all do it together. Um, but this is my path and yeah, so for me, that was a really potent thing about creative visualization and meditating and how it can actually impact your direct reality. And so I opened that as a platform for you to discuss your recurring dreams and how that impacted your purpose, brother. Yeah. Um, side, side note, just before that, going into that, um, there's this concept. It's also called transference. This is another one of those principles. But when you're walking down the street, it's fascinating. So I remember listening to podcasts, hearing people like you 
say things like you just said and hearing people like me say things like I'm saying and I still I wasn't getting it because they're like you gotta get really clear on what you want really clear on what your dreams are and then just go after it and I'm like well what if I'm not clear on what I want what if I'm not clear on what my dreams are and that's that's such a huge thing to ask right like now living it I'm like man it, it took 10 years to get to the point where I could get clear on that but I think I might have a little trick and it's one of these seven principles yes, it and it's called transference and it's the concept of the way you do anything is the way you do everything and you can use that to your advantage so for instance for me when I walk down the street something that I'm really really careful about is if I see some trash and I feel like I want the street to be cleaner I pick it up and I throw it in the trash um, I get really excited about holding the door open for abnormal amounts of time if I see someone coming. I get really, like, I will wait for 45 seconds, and then when they get there, they're like, are you seriously holding it for me? Like, this dude's a creeper. And I got this huge smile on my face, and I'm like, dude, I just stood there for 45 seconds. Like, that's epic, right? But it's these little things where it's like, I wanted to do it, so I just did it. And it seems small, but the more of those you do, the more you're subtly giving yourself permission to act on these little impulses that are going to make you happy, right? Like, it makes me happy to do that. So the more of those little things I can find, the more of the, I want to give an extra $2 tip at a, something that you normally don't tip at, or... You know, uh, I'll go to a Whole Foods and I'll order two coffees and I'll take one and give the other one to the employee that made it. So these little things. So I've noticed that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I've noticed that all these little things, um, and I totally resonate with this, and I think we're the same kind of crazy. Um, I think all these little things are something that I've, I've heard as you're sharing this is that I can't help but notice that they're all beyond yourself. You know, you're feeling rewarded inside, but you're picking up trash for the planet. You're holding the door open for someone else. You're buying a coffee for someone else. And I think that's a really potent message as well, that happiness is doing for others. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing, right? So my values are connection, abundance, and generosity. And generosity is one I focus on a lot. And the reason for that is I have tons of connection in my life. I love it. I'm always getting in touch with new epic people like you, like all the listeners on this show. I would love to, to talk to people that are interested in this kind of stuff. Number two, abundance. I've cultivated that so that I can have an epic life and live a very inspired life because that inspires other people. But number three, generosity is something that you can just keep tapping into. And the the important part about generosity being the third in that order is that I have plenty for me. Like if I lost everything tomorrow, it's not about the money. It's not about the material things. And traveling really shows you that, right? It's honestly about the connection and the abundance and like happiness and who you are. Like I know I've cultivated a skill set at this point to where you could drop me in any country in the world and I will figure it out. You know, like, you, you could be nothing. You could drop Elon Musk into Kenya 
and the dude is going to put solar panels together and he's going to have like a first world society in no time, right? You just, and so it's important to understand that your job isn't about making money. Your job is about gaining skills. And the more skills you gain, the more capable you are in every area of life and everything you do past that, right? It's all about being better, smarter, more knowledgeable and seeing the big picture. And the more skills you gain, the bigger the picture is. Um, so yes, going beyond yourself because you no longer need anything to be happy. So if someone values something more than I do, I give it to them. This was epic. I was in Malaysia going through customs and I walked up and there was this girl, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning and she's got this little purple smiley face pin on her jacket. And I just walked up and I was like, oh my gosh, like I love your pin, that's so awesome. And she literally doesn't even speak English very well at all, but she saw I was pointing at her pin. She took it off and gave it to me and then I had to walk away because it was a line. And nice. I was just, I was freaked out, right? This is like just a normal Malaysian citizen. I mean, this is like a uh, second, third world country, right? And she just like randomly gives me this pin because I just loved it. And I was like, man, what an epic show of all three, connection, abundance, and generosity by doing that. And it's interesting because for all I attempt to do for other people, it's all selfish, right? Like I want to help and I want to contribute. So really it's just, it's for me and it just happens to benefit other people. And for her to do that, it was just such a huge deal for me. Like I worship that pin. Like it's amazing. Um, okay. So are we ready to go into this recurring dream thing? This is gonna be trippy. You guys, like this is weird. Sit yourself down. Here we go. So the fascinating thing that got me into the health industry is neuroscience. Like I mentioned earlier, I almost flunked out of high school. I, I multiple times failed science classes since middle school. I mean, I was just never a science guy. And it turns out it wasn't that I'm not a science guy. It's that the way that it was being taught wasn't the way that my body uh, liked it. My brain didn't appreciate the way it was being taught. And I'm a fire type, by the way. So, you know, super excitement, lots of energy, bouncing around, lots of ideas, if you couldn't already tell. And when I got into... No, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I got into my own body and healing everything, neuroscience was like the key to it. So when I learned more about how the brain controls muscles and how muscles communicate with your nervous system, that's what fixed it. I was able to get my muscles to communicate better with my entire nervous system, and, and that had been the flaw, and that's what injuries are. Um, man, we should have a whole thing about that. I've got a course coming out. Mindvalley's probably going to make a quest on it. It's going to be really cool, so you guys can get more info on that later. But the recurring dream happened where, at this point, I'm a Singularity University guy, I'm super deep into the science realm, and I had not been to Singularity University or any event before this dream happened. The reason I'm so deep in Singularity now and connected with hard science is because this dream was freaking me out. And I had it, I want to say three, maybe four times so far, where I wake up in the dream and I'm like crazy, crazy. I know it's a dream, but it won't stop, right? And I'm very, very vivid, very present. And I'm on some kind of a plane. It's, it's either a plane or a spaceship of some sort. And we land on this area. There's this crazy rock. Um, and to my knowledge, like 
Okay, so there is, I want to say it's a moon of Pluto, assuming Pluto is considered a planet in your eyes, whatever you want to go with that. And there's so much water around the core, and the gravity is so strong that the material, I, I'm hopefully get this planet, and I can send you a link, and then you can put it in like podcast notes, people can check it out, because it's crazy. But the core of this planet is so dense because of the water pressure and the gravity that they say it's like a hundred times more conductive for electricity than any element we have on Earth or that we've seen, right? And what that would mean is, uh, you know, you can get super technical with this, and I'm not an expert at electronics, but imagine if you had metal that could conduct a hundred times faster. So for like chips and computers, it's cell phones, communication transfer, yeah, communication transfer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the potential is insane. And there was this giant um, like structure, this rock. I don't say giant, maybe like 50 feet tall, um, like you know, 18 meters tall for for non-US people. I don't know why we use the crazy system. And it was like this structure that had been created that was sort of like an organic uh, amplifier for computers, right? And it was made theoretically out of this metal. It's the only way I could confirm it. And it was like whatever is beyond computers is almost like an organic computer where when you walk up to it, you kind of sync up to this thing. And then the screens are displayed in front of you anywhere you want the screen to be displayed. So whether that was like visors we had or something or other in the future. And I was, uh, it's about seven years from now how old I was when this dream originally happened. I, I started having them like two, three years ago. And at the time, I was a genetics expert, and we were working on creating a genome plan for advanced human life so that we could survive more off of nitrogen instead of oxygen, and also to beat some sort of disease that had like overtaken humanity. And we essentially needed to modify a human genome so that we all wouldn't die from said thing. But also, for people that don't know, oxygen is why everything dies. Um, it's why metal rusts. It's why telomeres, the little DNA, um, let's say like a tadpole attached to every cell, it's almost like a fuse. And when that fuse goes all the way down, the cell dies. So anything that can lengthen these telomeres is going to lengthen or increase the longevity of all your cells and you can live longer, healthier so on and so forth. So we were essentially trying to genetically modify people so that they could survive with less oxygen, more nitrogen. A year after that, I found out we discovered a planet called Proximus B in a neighboring solar system that has less oxygen, more nitrogen in the atmosphere, which would theoretically, if we could get humans to process nitrogen better and, and uh, less oxygen, we could live longer, right? And that's why the Wim Hof method has become such a popular thing, why ketosis is also becoming yeah. such a popular thing, because you can function off of less total oxidation when you have a lower resting heart rate, require less oxygen to function on a daily basis. So fascinating concept. So we land, I'm a genetics expert, there's 30 different scientists and experts that were brought to this area to essentially choose a genetic plan going forward that we were going to start implementing on. Uh, maybe it was babies, or maybe it was full-grown humans, or plants, or something. Like, I'm not exactly sure, and all of that sounds crazy and really weird and scary to me, but that was the dream, right? 
And there were seven different countries that were represented amongst these 30 people, these teams. And each country thought that they had the best solution, and we were sent to work together. So seven countries, three people per team, nine accessory people. I'm one of those accessory people. And all of a sudden, everything went crazy. Um, there was military with us from each country, and they all started fighting each other because essentially whoever could successfully get their genetic plan to work would get the contract, would be going down the history books as the, the people that came up with this uh, plan and saved humanity, blah, 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 all that craziness. And I had to go through this process of like these attacks and stuff in this dream three, maybe four times now. And each time it gets like a little bit further and it just... It hit me so hard and so vividly that I was like, okay, I'm going to get really into this hard science realm. I'm going to learn a ton about genetics. I had a meeting yesterday with a friend who's starting a genetics analysis company. Um, Peter Diamandis is my number one guy after that. Um, I'm chasing him down to start working with him if anyone has a hookup. I've got a couple already, but I really want to push my skill sets forward so that I can help him inspire the world to do epic stuff. That's a recurring dream. That's also the thing that got me super into the hard science. Brilliant, brilliant, and that's deep, man. And I love how I love how clear, I love how clear that dream is for you, and how because there's so much content to it, there's so much you can you can run with in that. Um, and I think for me, it's also quite inspirational just just hearing like how like because your dreams are your subconscious communicating to you, right? Um, you know, there's there's that. Um, the name of the philosopher escapes me, which is a shame. Um, but he talks about how there's the collective subconscious, the conscious, and then your your active conscious mind. And he talks about how dreams are literally just waiting to surface. These frequencies are already there, but they're waiting to come into humanity. And he did this because he studied humans before the Holocaust, and he knew something of dismal epic proportions was on its way. And then the Holocaust happened in his time. You know, and it's like it's this, there's this like consciousness that's pushing through from your, from your from the depths of your being forwards, and so yeah, I think that's I think that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing. You know, something that obviously is quite personal to yourself. Um, on that note, you know, Singularity University. I, I, you know, obviously you've done some done some research into this, and I've spent some time looking into this. I think just the idea, the philosophy behind the singularity is quite interesting. Um, in itself, you know, you've touched on Elon Musk a little bit, and uh, you know he's he's got the work going into this company called Neuralink, and you know people are fascinated by Tesla and SpaceX, but personally, I um, there's no denying for me that you know Neuralink is probably his most ambitious project. You know, it's one thing to physically to get from here to the moon, and there's another thing to physically get from you know switching from one energy source to another. But the idea is that. You know, as we're as children, our our frontal lobes of our mind are part of the, are the most recent adaptation of our being, which um, have grown to the point where we can no longer grow this part of our brain any further, because if we did, we'd kill our mothers at birth. So we've tapped out our human biological evolution expansion of our mind, and uh, from that point, he's trying to create now basically inside your mind, you're now connected to the network. And that's the whole premise behind Neuralink, um, and obviously that gives you know that's that's sort of in the same vein as the singularity theory. Um, do you want to do you want to share the story behind singularity with us? Holy cow, man! Well, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with what you just brought up. Um, so, if people aren't familiar, the singularity 
is referencing a think of artificial intelligence is like your your Amazon uh, your Alexa right where you can like talk to her she'll talk back um, she might be able to beat you in chess she can do math better than you can the singularity is what we call real intelligence and that's when the machine now can build itself can grow itself faster than we can so like it's it's the point where a machine becomes so intelligent and so real that it's organic in a sense that it can make its own decisions um, faster than we can and it takes on like a life of its own. It'd be like Skylink and Terminator without all the craziness. So the singularity is just the point when technology is now going to exponentially expand itself um, rather than us needing to develop the next chip. It will develop its own stuff and its own infrastructure and just grow exponentially. I think it's really interesting because we give it the term singularity and, you know, there's, there's a mathematical term for singularity and also in physics, it's, you know, it uh, sort of applies that mathematical term for singularity, which is, you know, most, the most obvious example is that of a black hole. Um, but the singularity in physics is where the gravity is so intense that it's space and time actually break down. And I think calling something that is like a technological singularity is a reflection on our experience of life breaking down the way that we know it, perhaps. I think that's where the term, you know, because singularity is, that's quite a potent term, where space and time are breaking down. Um, it's, it's interesting why they've chosen the term singularity as the term. And for me, um, you know, it's, it's about augmenting um, our thinking by shifting cognition to like a non-biological intelligence. And what that, what inherently I'm struggling with, I'm struggling with this area and I wanted to have a chat to you about was, you know, why does it feel innately so negative to me? You know, you've obviously had this dream, and it's the future for you, and you can you can experience you can ego is that. gone, right? Um, but f- yeah, the ego is gone. I'm also like, is it just change? Is it just humans are just resistant to change? You know, is that is that got something to do with it? Um, but there's so much fear in that, even in just naming it the singularity. You know, it's because obviously it's the it's the breaking down of our human experience as we know it. Is it not imbued with that fear, um, or is that just me personally? Well, I really do believe in these seven principles and the, and the stories that anyone can share on them. And the number one that I like to bring up when people get scared of technology, scared of, you know, when the first iPhone came out and it had a camera attached to it and you could be connected to the Internet at all times, people freaked out too. And the important part to remember as a, as a human and hopefully if you listen to this podcast as someone who's really trying to develop themselves is unstoppability, man. No matter what happens, just be unstoppable. Like, figure out a way. Like, it's going to be okay. Before cars, people were freaked out. They're like, I'm going to get run over. There's these, like, machines that are ripping down the road at 30 miles an hour, at 50 kilometers an hour. My horse can't run that fast for, for as long as this thing can. And what's this gas coming out of it? Is it, like, instant poison and it's going to kill me and my family, right? Like, so there's always going to be these fears at the next technological breakthrough. Um, I bet we can all point to a time, especially if you're anything over the age of 25 right now, you've probably experienced some radical technology changes in your life to where maybe at certain points you were a little scared, right? Um, at first it was fun, right, when you're young. Remember when, like, AIM chat rooms became a thing and that was, like, the coolest thing ever? 
It was like, ASL, man, yeah. where are you people from? Could, could... <laughs> the good old ASL. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time you could talk to someone anywhere in the world via text, right? These instant messengers. And then now you can literally go on something like Periscope and you can look anywhere in the world and watch someone's live video chat. Like that's like a whole nother level of connection and uh, quote unquote, like a lack of privacy, right? But to the same extent, because of the lack of privacy, the world has become a much safer place. So you, you run, things are just going to change and you, you just have to be okay with that and then be unstoppable, right? Find the way that's gonna make you happy. But uh, you know, we can't stop this train. So we have to figure out ways to, to just be really cool with it and be really happy about it. So obviously there's an element of staying dynamic in um, staying unstoppable is what you've just shared there. What does, what does being unstoppable really mean to you, brother? Being unstoppable means have patience but when you know what you want and you've you've spent enough time thinking about it and you make the decision never go back on your decision you can change absolutely you could be like you know we want to get a spaceship to go to mars and we want to colonize mars and at some point you're like oh wow okay that's going to cost 17 trillion dollars to make that happen why not do the moon first so you can change your direction but you'll be like but eventually we'll get to mars when the technology is there so things like that so being unstoppable but it's not just about your work right it's about your personal life too it's about saying i want to have an amazing relationship with my significant other and i'm going to do whatever it takes to make that amazing and it comes down to, to discipline, right? And that's like terrifying, man. Even for me, like the same two seconds of courage we talked about earlier, there's nothing like traveling for five weeks and being all over the place and talking to people and then trying to reestablish communication with your family or with a significant other, right? And you just have to, again, it's that two seconds of courage. It's that unstoppability. Like I will show this person that I care about them and figure out ways. So if they're like, oh, you didn't talk to me for five weeks, you'd be like, okay, well, what would be the ideal solution? Do I have to talk every other day? Like, what does that look like for me? What's realistic in these different time zones? And it's just unstoppable, man. Like you, you figure out what you want, prioritize the things that are important to you, and then forget about the things that aren't important to you. So for me, health is number one. Like when I travel, I eat vegetables, I um, drink tons of water, I make sure, number one, I find a gym. Everywhere I go, if you like watch my Insta stories, every single day I put up a post of something I'm doing exercise-wise, I'm like number one priority, man, health. Because as you mentioned earlier, when it comes to your mental state, uh, depression, things like that, fitness, man, you get this thing called BDNF, this, this neurotransmitter section of all your endorphins, your oxytocin, your dopamine, you get all of this feel good from muscle fatigue, at least 80% of it from muscle fatigue. And it's really important to fatigue your muscles on a regular basis. That doesn't mean you need to beat yourself up. It just means you need to fatigue muscles. 
And that's um, the entire exercise philosophy I created as a trainer and a therapist is what is now the base of priming, which is something that uh, will probably have a quest attached to it and a bunch of cool content coming out in the next six months. Just to pause you there, because I really want to dive into priming. Tell us more about priming, brother, because priming is, um, you know, like, okay, just to, just to give you a context around what I know a little bit about it is, um, I'm really excited. I've got a book on its way to me called The Talent Code. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, um, but it was recommended literally by Tony Robbins as a way to prime your, your human experience. Um, and he talks about priming as in, yeah, just like literally gearing your physiology um, to, to, to achieve, basically. Um, yeah, tell us more about priming, please. So think that uh, priming in the way that I use it was something where I didn't even know that Tony did something called priming. But it's fascinating that they're actually quite similar um, in the sense that he primes like physiology in a very fast way, where priming for me is, is actually got the same overarching benefit, where it's all about maximizing BDNF, that brain-derived neurotrophic factor, those feel-good hormones. It's the precursor. It's the, it's the guys that you need to have to get any of the feel-good hormones in your body. So if you aren't fatiguing muscle on a regular basis, you aren't eating the right food, and you aren't happy. And happiness is a, is a choice. It's a perspective that you take, right? I step in dog poo, and now I'm like, oh, man, that's hilarious. Like, I got to go find, like, something to wash my shoe, and it's like a funny story versus you step in dog poo, and you're like, oh, my God, this is awful, right? It's that simple, like, <laughs> in every situation, could I reframe this? Could I make this, like, a funny thing? Or a positive thing in some way. Um, this all comes down to the book too. But priming is a is a form of exercise methodology that I created, where you can take any exercise you do: yoga, CrossFit, Pilates. Uh, it's Tony Robbins just jumping up and down, priming, boxing, MMA. I was an amateur fighter. Um, that's another one of the crazy things that I did. You can take all of those. And you can figure out how to maximize this BDNF, this feel-good response, and minimize something called neurogenic inflammation. And neurogenic inflammation is essentially uh, inflammation that can happen in your joints and in your brain that will lower the levels of that precursor to your feel-good hormone. So essentially think the more BDNF you get, the happier you can be the higher potential for happiness and the higher your neurogenic inflammation, the more stress your body takes, the less of that BDNF you get to experience. Okay. So priming is just a way to do exercise to maximize the feel good and minimize the feel bad. Yeah, and it's fascinating. Sign me up. That was a great pitch. <laughs> and it's, well, it's amazing because once You're you right. understand it, you can do it while you run. You can do it while you walk on stairs. You can do it walking down the street. Like It's just a way to think about exercise and movement, and it does not need to be high intensity. Really, I love it because even just the word priming for me is a... Uh... Hey, buddy. What up? It's a beagle. I think even the word priming... 
I think even the word priming is, uh, is, is a bit poetic in that sense and really intelligent to sort of place in there because it, it has that essence of being ready. And so you, you're maximizing your happiness, you, you're trying to slow down what you don't want, and then you're ready to take on what it is that you're actually here to do in terms of health, facilitating your purpose. That's beautiful, brother. That's really powerful. I'm really looking forward to seeing this, um, yeah, this Mind Valley quest coming out. I am all ears and eyes and yeah, hearts in it. I can't wait to watch this drop. Um, so just to ground this in a little bit, what have you been working on into this year? Like, obviously, you've been you've been moving around a lot. You've been doing a lot. Like, I've, I've obviously seen your filmmaking stuff. Um, like, you there's all this on the horizon um, that's coming up with you know uh, with Mind Valley and this book that's on its way out. Which you know, if you if you haven't caught it, man, get on it. Um, it's on its way out, and I'm really excited. I'll put that in the show notes once the book's out as well, so the show notes will get updated. Um, but yeah, tell us what else have you been working on this year? Lots of travels? Lots of travels. Uh, the main thing I've been working on, I would say, is uh, the seven traits. So I'm, I'm doing my best to live those seven traits of people that are radically happy in all areas of their life. So people that are unstoppably winning in their personal life, in their career life, in their own happiness in their relationships with their kids, their family, their significant other. And and that's the whole year for me. And I honestly think that's going to be the rest of my life now. Because this year, taking those two seconds of courage, buying the one-way ticket to Barcelona, setting up my business so that I can, I can live a life that I've always wanted to live, and then just being unstoppable about it. Like, at every point, people are like, oh, when are you going home? Like, when are you going to start saving money? And when are you going to start, you know? Because I was killing it before I left the States. And I ended up literally selling a company um, so that I could continue to travel because I didn't want to go back. And I gave up just a ton of money with that company. And that's totally okay because I will find another way. So... Yeah, this, what I've been working on is, A, creating this media company at a much higher level. Before, we did filmmaking. Now, I am just going around taking over as the interim CMO for every company that's doing something majorly positive for the world that I can get my hands on. And it's been amazing and epic because I can bring all of my background, all of my skills, all of that passion that I carry with me to everything to try to help these people do great stuff for the world. And generally speaking, and I, I'm laughing with all the other marketers that are listening to this, anyone who has like the best marketing in the world generally doesn't have a good product. That's not a one-size-fits-all statement, but it's pretty, pretty close to one-size-fits-all. And then anyone who has the greatest product generally doesn't have good marketing. And I want to be the anti-bully for those people. I want to help get people like Mindvalley out to the world, get people like Peter Diamandis, who's not nearly as big as Elon Musk, but he's doing just as amazing yeah. stuff for the world. Amazing things with Ted and... Yeah. He's, he's just crushing it. Human longevity. He wants to extend the healthy human lifespan by 40 years. Uh, planetary resources. They want to mine near-Earth asteroids for precious materials. Um, obviously, Singularity University, trying to deal with the 12 global grand challenges that could wipe out humanity. Like, that's such a huge deal, right? Um, also, XPRIZE Foundation. So, getting people to fund major prizes 
to cultivate larger and larger amounts. So he, like for instance, put up a $10 million prize to get a rocket ship that could go to outer Earth orbit, um, not quite into orbiting Earth, but just in outside of the atmosphere, land, and within two weeks go back up and come back. And that's what Richard Branson bought that patent that won and made Virgin Galactic. And that's like a huge reason for all these advancements in space flight. So he's doing amazing stuff, but no one knows about it. So he is the type of person I want to reach out to and help them inspire people to do more and more epic stuff because he's living an epic life and I think more people should know about it. And there's a thousand Peter Diamandises in the world and I want to teach people, inspire people to do what I'm doing and to help those people be more epic and more well-known. So that's the media company. <laughs> inspiring. Absolutely inspiring. And, yeah, so I love it. So pretty much what I've picked up is, uh, first of all, two seconds of courage, guiding you through absolutely everything, and then be absolutely unstoppable. Unstoppability is about prioritizing. It's about discipline. It's about patience um, in terms of knowing what you want and don't back down. So resilience um, is about staying dynamic through all of that as well. And you've been actioning that all year, and it's helped you pretty much just navigate your way through all these different opportunities, which are all, you know, just correlated through you getting clear on what it is that you need to do, which is, you know, share um, in your values of connection and abundance um, and generosity. And you're just taking more and more in that path and in that step to do as much as you can. And, yeah, that's, that's really inspiring, brother, that you're doing that. Um, I want to ask you, just as we're, we're sort of coming to a close here, the most beautiful question. So, the most beautiful question came from all seven of these attributes that I noticed these people had, and I'm, I'm writing an entire book on it because it's sort of a field guide of getting you from worrying about how to pay rent next month to thinking about how to get humanity to Mars. Like, how do you go from the, the level of necessity to the level of abundance with your mindset? And just like I was talking about earlier with this concept of transference, picking trash up off the floor, holding the door open for someone, that's like the first step. That's like the little things you can start to do to get your mind in the right state of acting on the things that you think are going to be good and helpful and fun for you. And then as you do more and more of them and you get these confidence rewards of people appreciating it, you can do bigger and bigger things until you can book a one-way ticket to Barcelona and then travel the world for the rest of your life and work with people like Vision, work with people like Peter, right? So the most beautiful question is a formula for asking questions. So think of it as like, Instead of asking how to pay rent next month, it would be asking, how could I travel the world, work in film with epic people that I think are doing great work for the world, and keep my place in the United States, and pay the rent without even thinking about it? How could I have all of that in the next 12 months and make it a reality? So it's asking a much higher level question. It's the difference between asking um, where can I get a coffee in London to where can I get an organic 
single origin V60 drip coffee and have them put almond milk in it. It's a totally different level. And this is where these billionaires operate because they ask questions like that all day. They don't ask, how can I make a thousand dollars this month? They ask, how can I have 10 people that are working with me make a thousand dollars this month? And then I can make a hundred thousand dollars this month with this one idea. How can I work for one hour and make a thousand dollars instead of work for 10 hours and make a thousand dollars? It's all of these questions. So the formula is what do you want in a certain amount of time and how do you make that a reality? And when you start asking powerful questions like that, you start getting powerful answers. And I think just for the listeners to bring that really into context is um, is the the importance of, of questions is basically if you if you if you're not sure where that's coming from, communication is is fundamental to our entire human experience. You're always communicating with your surroundings. You're always communicating with everybody else. And like verbal communication is only seven percent of the seven percent of the ball game. Physical communication, how your body posture is, and all that, sixty-five percent, right? So as you're communicating with your environment, you're communicating with people around you. We rarely aware. Even some of us are aware of that. But how aware are you of the the, the conversation that you're having with yourself, the communication with yourself? And the easiest way to level up your self conversation is in fact asking yourself bigger and stronger and more powerful questions that immediately ups your game with your communication with yourself and your direct experience of your life. And that's why for me, this beautiful question, man, is, yeah, unreal. Thank you. There is an amazing uh, habit that you can build and this kind of, it sort of works against the I don't believe in advice mantra. But what you can do is you can set up a group. So like for me, it might be like, I'm gonna message Amrit, and I'm gonna message Kay, and I'm gonna message Vision all together. And I'm gonna say, hey guys, let's create a most beautiful question group. And once a week, we'll all post a question that we're thinking about, and then each of us will level up the other person's question. Right? So if Amrit was like, oh, Unreal, I wanna yes, start. social accountability. Yeah. So it would be like, uh, Amrit might, post to all of us like I want to start uh, a podcast how could I start a podcast and then Vision might come back and be like uh, how could I start a podcast and have Vision Lakiani and Peter Diamandis as guests and then Kay might say how could I start a podcast where I can get three hours with Vision Lakiani and Peter Diamandis on the podcast and then I might come back and be like how could I start a podcast and spend in person time three hours with Peter Diamandis and Vishen Lakhiani in the next three months. And everyone starts to add on all of these more advanced questions to it. And then I would say, like, of those seven things, there's actually, there's one that I think is, like, so uh, cool and all-encompassing that wraps up everything we've been talking about. And it's a beautiful, beautiful quote. Um, so this is, this is a lesson advice thing. And I'm sure you can think of a thousand stories for anyone listening to this of how this could apply to your life and people you've seen do this, including the guy that you are listening to hosting this podcast, Amrit. And it's, if you only make the easy decisions in life, your life will be very hard. But if you make the really hard decisions, your life will be easy. If you wait for your boss to fire you because you hate your job and you're not passionate about it, you're not putting everything you have into it, 
it's going to happen and then life's going to be really hard because you're going to have to figure it out. But if you realize that you're not passionate about it and you start doing other things, you join Mind Valley Masters, you start a podcast and you're looking for other things and you're making these hard, scary decisions, your life will be easy because you're going after the stars. You're not going after next month's rent. So if you up-level your thinking and you start going after these big, big things, even if you fail, everything is going to seem really easy because the stuff you're going after is so hard. I'm really humbled that you threw me in that example. That was a, a very powerful message, brother. Thank you so much for that. Um, I normally have a whole bunch of questions to ask as we try out the podcast, but we've been in a, in a massive riff and a massive flow, and I think that was a very beautiful place to sort of sh shift it. So I'll just ask you one last question, which is uh, who are you beyond your identity and your story? A very powerful internal monologue that I carry. Uh, I'm going to explain it and then I'm going to tell you my answer. A very powerful internal monologue. When I walk around the streets and I see someone that's um, so the opposite of me, right? They throw trash on the ground, right? Um, I see someone who like hawks a big loogie and spits like right in front of where someone else is walking. Stuff that I would just never do. The internal monologue that I've chosen to take for everyone is they are a reflection of some part of me. Somewhere in me is that same person. I would do that in some environment. They've just had a different life experience than I have, but they are a reflection of me. So who am I beyond everything? I am a reflection of you. So whoever is listening to this, the, the stuff that I'm doing, people think it's cool, some people don't think it's cool, some people hate on it, some people love it. I'm just another reflection of you. I'm the two seconds of courage, unstoppable version of you that's waiting to get out. And I encourage everyone else to do it. It's a mirror, y'all. Yeah, it's a mirror, absolutely. And um, I see people every day that inspire me, just like you, um, just like the host, right? Um, Tony Robbins, Vision. There are so many, and even day-to-day -day people, you don't have to do big things to be inspiring. If you love, love making coffee and you're a phenomenal barista, that is inspiring to me. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have nice things. You just have to be living your own epic life, and that's inspirational. Skip, brother, here at Inspired Evolution, we, I really appreciate what you do and what you've been doing, and I was super excited to have you on because there was so much alignment between your values and mine and just the amazing things you've been doing and uh, just the lifestyle you've created for yourself, traveling the world, and it's really awesome to see where all that's been coming from. So thank you so much for sharing all that so openly and fundamentally for being the change that you wish to be um, in the world. And uh, yeah, man. Here we say we love an inspired evolution. We love the human journey. And brother, I wish you all, all, all the best on yours, man. Thank you so much. Beautiful. It was a great, great pleasure. I hope everyone has an, an amazing epic life.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.